Well, today we're going to be taking a look at what I've titled Disfellowshipped Under the Law, Part 1. That's a long title, but Disfellowshipped Under the Law. And this is the first part of looking at this. And so today we're going to look at what I guess I would call your state. What, what's the state? What's the condition of somebody that has been disfellowshipped under the Old Testament law? Why, why were they disfellowshipped, I guess, is a good question, too. So today, in Numbers chapter 5, we're just looking at the first four verses of this chapter. And it says this, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper, everyone who has a discharge, and whoever becomes defiled by a corpse. You shall put both male and female, you shall put them outside the camp, that they may not defile their camps in the midst of which I dwell. And the children of Israel did so, and put them outside the camp, as the Lord spoke to Moses, so the children of, of Israel did. So there is this clear uncleanliness um, type issue in which someone would become disfellowshipped. They were outside of the fellowship. That's what it means by being disfellowshipped. They were not able to enjoy the privileges of community. And so we see a few things here. They, these are those who has skin disease. Okay, so, uh, excuse me, leprosy. And, and leprosy uh, probably covered more than just what we think of as leprosy um, medically today. It probably included some other things. And, and we've done more talks about that back in Leviticus, I believe, um, quite a bit. But we see that uh, this is one of the conditions. The other is anybody that has a discharge. So they got, uh, and there's different things that Leviticus talked about in that. But they could have pus, they could have, uh, they could have bodily problems. You know, the woman with an issue of blood would probably be considered a discharge. Uh, she's in the New Testament. And also anybody that comes defiled by a corpse it's been around a dead body these things were very important to the ceremonial cleanliness under the law and so if you were unclean if you weren't um consecrated if you will if you weren't in a condition to come fellowship they would distance you now i think the biggest um connection for us to take from this is simply that we see that in order to have fellowship amongst the body in this case, the Old Testament, there had to be a sense of purification. And in the New Testament, we don't see separation because of, of issues like this. We don't see any of that reiterated in the New Testament. At least I've never seen it. Feel free to contact and, and connect with me and let me know if you've actually seen a repetition of this law somewhere in the New Covenant. I, I don't see that. What I do see in the New Covenant, though, is there are admonitions that, hey, if a person professing belief in Christ is living in unrepentant sin, if they're festering in bitterness, they're, they're festering in unforgiveness, they're, they're living in immoral lifestyle, those are ones that are to be lovingly confronted, first off, and if they, they will not listen to a loving brother or sister going to them and saying, hey, you know, I, I care about you and you, you know this is not biblical. It's going to hurt you and I'm concerned for you. Then it's supposed to go with two or three witnesses and, and then before the church, you do see a former formal uh, disfellowshipping or what's known as church discipline or even excommunication that's known of there. And, and the purpose is redemptive. You want to see someone come to repentance and be able to be restored to fellowship. 
That's the desire in a, in a Christian community. But we see that there is this distance, and there are these three instances in which we see that that will happen, and it happens to both men and women. There's, there's no uh, sexism here. There's, there's no favoritism here. It's the same for everybody. And if they have one of these three things in the Old Covenant, they are to be put outside the camp. Why? Why are they put outside? Why are they separated so they can't defile the camp? Here's the overall principle I think we can take from this. Again, we are not under the law as New Covenant Christians. The law shows us our need for Christ, and we certainly still acknowledge the law as a tutor to bring us to Christ. It, it convicts us and gives us knowledge of what sin is. There still is a purpose for us. The, the law of the Lord is perfect. It's good. It, it's our delight. We should desire to study it, to know it. But I think the overall takeaway for us by way of application is that even today in Christian fellowships, we have to separate from certain things. Why? Because uncleanliness defiles the camp. Uncleanliness defiles the camp. And there are things as believers we should be separating from. There are things as believers that we must draw a line in the sand and we must say, you know, we're not crossing this. The truth is that someone who is living a life of defilement will defile others around them. Now again, back in Leviticus, we talked about specifically with leprosy, and, and the text even talked about how, why do people have separate? Well, because this was a very contagious disease. Brothers and sisters, not every leper was a leper because of sin. Not every uh, person that had discharge, not all of it was because of sin. I don't want you to take that away from it. But the way in which the uh, Jewish people were to respond was a picture about how seriously we should take sinful matters and uncleanliness. That we should understand that coming before a holy God and being amongst His people is something to take very, very seriously. And compromise and lack of full devotion to Him is a problem. Now again, not every leper had leprosy because of sin. It was not a consequence for that. But it was a contagious disease. Brothers and sisters, the principle for us, I think, to take away the application. Again, the, the clear interpretation observing the context is this is what the Israelites were supposed to do in their literal camp in the wilderness. They had to put these people out. Why? Well, it was contagious. They were unclean. It could spread to other people uh, are, are some of the reasons. But also there was ceremonial uncleanliness that we see other places in the law. And you, you weren't supposed to be fellowshipping with those who were ceremonially unclean. Being near a dead body was something that would taint you for a period of time. You had to go purify yourself. And again, a lot of that involved washings, and, and really uh, many commentators and scholars will argue that that was the Lord's way of, of protecting them with the cleanliness laws, and the dietary laws, protecting them from a lot of disease and germs and dysfunction. There's a lot of writing about that. Uh, that certainly seems to be one of the purposes, but the main reason they did it was not to keep themselves healthier, not to just prevent the spread of diseases. Not to, they did it because God had instructed them to. And that's the overall point I want to leave us with today. If the Lord has instructed us to put certain things out of our Christian fellowship, to put out of our own lives, have no fellowship with these things. There should not even be a hint of sexual immorality. It should not even be named amongst the people of God. That's what God's Word says.
God's word tells us to flee temptation. God's word tells us to be on guard against greed and covetousness in various forms. It has many varied forms. Brothers and sisters, do we take that type of seriousness and dedication in our own lives? Again, this is application. This is not the interpretation of the passage, but we're diving into application today. In my life, in your life, are there things that we are tolerating that we should be sticking outside the camp and saying, no, this has no place in a vessel that has been washed and sanctified by Jesus Christ. That the Bible says in the New Testament, you and I as believers are now the temple of God. Jesus tabernacles with us. He doesn't go to some building. A building does not represent him anymore. I realize that there is a, a, a sense of re representing Christ in a church building, and I, and I get that, but God's presence is not in some ark behind a veil anymore. The Holy Spirit literally dwells within every single believer. It's a supernatural, spiritual thing, but it, it's true. It's a reality. You are the temple of God if you are a believer. And that means we should not be allowing to come into the camp and come in drawing near to the presence of God things that should not be there, things that God says are unclean. So that's the takeaway for us today. And we'll dive back in tomorrow on looking at disfellowship under the law. We're going to look at guilt. We're going to look at something to do with guilt. Father, I thank you for your word today. And I know we've, we've dove in, Father, into probably a little more application than we normally do. But Father, I pray that you will open our eyes. Open our eyes by your Spirit. If there are things that we are allowing in the camp of our lives that we should not, and perhaps, Lord, even on a bigger scale, perhaps there's some things we're letting into our, our churches that we should not. Before we ever even get to that question of, of corporate sin and corporate omissions and tolerations, Father, what are we tolerating in our own hearts. Father, open our eyes to see that. Give us the empowerment of your Spirit and the clarity of eyes to see what it is we need to put out. Help us to follow you step by step. Help us to be a pure and sanctified vessel for your use. Help us to respect the temple that you have said we are for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, we have wrapped up another edition of the podcast. And the podcast is something that I completely plan to continue to do using the free tools of the internet to get it out, um, to get God's word out and, and study providing these different resources. Um, something that's been going on for a long time. I know sometimes, though, people ask how can they uh, how can they support the work or help with that, and there is no pressure. Uh, but if you would like to, you you can check us out on Patreon. Uh, I got a profile over there, patreon.com forward slash gen1 to rev22. Uh, also, there are some books available, uh, some Bible studies and devotionals, and you can find those on my website, ryanmmarks.com. You can also get there by typing in Gen 1 to Revelation, excuse me, Gen 1 to Rev22.com. And uh, by going there, you can also find lots of free resources, links to our other podcast, uh, YouTube channels, as well as um, books and blogs. 
So God bless you all and look forward to studying again next time.